Hello and welcome to this, the latest episode of the Chief Psychology Officer. This week, as ever, I'm joined by Dr. Amanda Potter. Hi, Amanda. Hello. And also, Angela Malik, our other presenter, my co-host, if you like. We're going to be doing something a bit different this week as it's getting towards Christmas. We thought we'd take a look back over our first sojourns into the world of podcasting and review what went well, what went badly, hopefully with a bit of a humorous tint to it. You never know, you might find some psychology jokes creeping into the mix here. But pretty much, we don't really have that much of a plan for this episode, so uh, let's hope it goes all right. What have you got to tell me, Amanda? Well, Tim, I thought we might want to start with some of the things that we've learnt from the podcast. You've done a number of podcasts with me now. What was the most amazing thing that I said? Well, for me, the most amazing thing is I didn't know that you had such an encyclopedic knowledge of the drugs of psychology. I begin to worry a few times about dopamine and all these neurotransmitters and everything like that. Far too much of that going on for my liking. I still can't believe that you can't buy these things in pill form. Every podcast we go to, at some point, we get the neuropsychology aspect coming into things, which I, for one, didn't even know existed, I must admit. Well, actually, Tim, you can buy dopamine in pill form. It's quite a common medication for Parkinson's, actually, because that is one of the causes of Parkinson's, that they produce less dopamine. Amanda, you've been lying to me for the whole, for the past six months. You told me that this stuff is not available, and I've actually got to go through what I've been doing. I've been having cold showers. I've been eating breakfast cereal I don't particularly <laughs> like. I've been getting up at ungodly hours. I've been doing loads of exercise. And you mean to tell me I actually could have gone to the chemist and bought this stuff? You and I can't go because we're in the lucky position that we're lovely and healthy. It's a prescribed medicine. But to your point, you're right. There is loads of neuroscience in the podcast because when I did my undergraduate degree 30 years ago, two of the courses I loved the most were psychopathology and psychopharmacology because I don't think the term neuroscience even existed back then. I'm not surprised to hear that, Amanda, because your B-talent team type preference is the professor. It is. Professor and scientist. I love data, love evidence, and I quite like being the expert. And I like a podcast because the only two people who can disagree with me and challenge me are you two. So that's quite fun. (laughs) So, Angela, what was the best thing that you learned or the most surprising thing that you learned being the interviewer on the podcast? I think one of my favorite conversation so far has been around courageous conversations and radical candor. And so actually, the most surprising thing I learned is that someone once stopped you on the way to a board meeting <laughs> to, to tell you you had loo roll on your on your shoe. <laughs> it wasn't even my shoe, it was in my skirt. It was much worse oh, yeah. than that. <laughs> I love the fact that We've spent nine months recording podcasts together. I've given you all this amazing facts and information. I've imparted my 30 years of knowledge and wisdom. And the most amazing thing was the Lou Roll story. Yeah, the Lou Roll thing was was a great embarrassing moment. Was there anything else that didn't exactly go to plan? So I've had many events. And I think I said that at the time that I've had many situations that didn't quite go to plan. But my favorite was when I was presenting to the senior leadership team, including the CEO of Rank Group. And something happened where the paperwork that I was presenting wasn't quite in the right order or something didn't quite work. And so I said quietly to myself, oh, and then realized I'd said, oh, and said, oh, I just said, in front of the whole of this leadership team and they literally fell about 
laughing because I was pitching. I was standing at the front and in my head, after I said, <laughs> you can imagine my language got worse in my head. And I was thinking, oh, blimey, I really need to keep my mouth shut. And because I'm extrovert, I just keep talking. Went bright red, had a really embarrassing moment. The great news is I actually sold the work. So I think they quite like the humour that I brought with me. What I personally love most about that is that our podcast engineer, Robert, who uh, does a great job in cleaning up our inane chatter most of the time, is finally going to get to use his bleep button. (laughs) (laughs) He is going to use his bleep button because normally when we share expletives, it's to tell Robert to stop recording and to edit that bit out, but that we've just made a super blooper, super blooper mistake and it needs cutting. No, but that one. I'll leave it to your imagination, dear listener, as to what Amanda was actually saying. Absolutely. Lots of rude words in there. So, Tim, has something not ever gone to plan for you? I know you've worked with us now for about 10 years. Has there been something that really strikes you either in the podcast or in other roles within our business that has been either embarrassing or hasn't quite gone to plan? Well, turning that on its head for the podcast especially, for me, it's amazed me how all right, we're complete novices at this podcasting lark, if we're perfectly honest. We've been learning as we've been going. I'm amazed that nothing bad has really happened as far as the podcast is concerned. We've not made any horrendous errors, as far as I'm aware, anyway. Maybe this is it. <laughs> Maybe this is it. <laughs> I'm going to find out what it means to be cancelled, I think. Cancel culture is one of the things on the list and the team have agreed it's quite a contentious one to do. So it's quite far down the list at the moment. There you go. We've got little uh, trailer, even in this type of podcast. But things not going to plan outside the podcast. Well, you've sort of described my life in a lot of ways. There's an awful lot of things that haven't gone to plan in my life. Really, by this time, I should be on a desert island somewhere, just sunning myself. Instead, I'm in my home office in the pitch dark doing podcasts and and writing computer software. So, yeah, that plan was never really on the cards at this stage. (laughs) You love it, Tim. You love it. I I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. It's true. You wouldn't. Angela, what was the most memorable moment for you with a podcast? What's the thing that really strikes you? I think the most memorable moment for me might have been, it's kind of a repetitive moment. So every time we have a guest... At the end of our recording session with that guest, whoever that guest is, almost always there's outpouring of just like love, actually, that we've had such a good conversation and there's been some genuine connection in that. And that's where I take most of my satisfaction from, from these. So I don't know if I want to pinpoint one specific guest, but for me, the memorable moments are actually the bits that a lot of times I get edited out because they're a little maybe too cheesy for the podcast but it's nice to have that personal connection at the end of each session and feel that our guests walk away with something as well from it we become their greatest fans don't we Angela by the time we're finished we've said that literally if I think about the latest two that we've recorded that are coming out next year which are Matthew Benjamin known as Bushwhacker and Megan Giannini after those two which are the two latest ones we've recorded both of us said afterwards, oh my goodness, 
there's just such a positive sense, a real oxytocin moment of feeling really quite great about the moment and about the fact that they come on and share their expertise and their knowledge so willingly and they're so generous with their time. God, you could say that about everybody, couldn't you? You could say that about Kate and Nikki and everybody who's been on. And Spencer as well. And now Joe. And Joe was phenomenal. And that's my lovely segue then to Tim. What's your most memorable moment, Tim? Am I leading you to say it was interviewing Joe Wicks? Well, that, that was good for me because probably our most well-known guest for the non-psychologists who may be listening to this, getting to interview Joe Wicks. What a nice guy he was. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's a close personal friend now, but uh, if I'm in the pub talking to people, then that's what he is, my mate Joe. So when it gets back to him that there's a strange man <laughs> talking about his best mate Joe. But I, I think my favourite guest, I am prepared to name names, and that is Nikki, who came on two or three weeks ago. Correct me, what, what's her title again, Amanda? She's the, she's the president of the BPS. I thought she was a lovely lady. And that was one of the uh, podcasts, that I think, where we had to keep it down to time. There was too much material. So that was a highlight. It was great, wasn't it? As an aside, I loved your intro for that one. It makes me smile every time I hear it. Uh, what was it? <laughs> I know. I loved it. It's a bit where you say what the topic is and then you say something like that that's going to be a fascinating topic. But the way you say it just makes me feel like, yeah, it is. It's going to be yeah. fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going to move into phase two of this podcast as I'm taking control today. And phase two is that psychologists can be funny. I put a little question on LinkedIn and it got a phenomenal response. We got over nearly 10,000 impressions and 67 comments. So 67 jokes. And the question I put on LinkedIn was calling all psychologists. What are your best psychology jokes? Do you have one? I'd love to hear them in the chat or private message me. I have a few, but I'm not sure we psychologists are very funny. Please prove me wrong. And apparently 67 of my peers are incredibly funny. And I have loved reading all of the crazy jokes and looking at all the images that everybody has posted on LinkedIn under that feed. And so I wondered, Tim, did you have a favourite from that list? Uh, yeah, I've got a joke, actually. I didn't put it on the LinkedIn because it's a little more risque than I thought. Now, do I actually want this written down and following me for the rest of my life as internet digital trail? But I could say it here and we could see how it, how it goes down with you two. Shall we go for that? Oh, dear, Tim. Let's do that. <laughs> okay, well, here we go. How many Freudian psychologists does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know. It's two. One for the light bulb and another for the penis. Ladder. I mean ladder. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one that got privately messaged to me because nobody wanted to use the P word on LinkedIn. <laughs> These jokes are turning dirty, Tim. The one thing you might not know about me is I actually was a, when I was at uni, I uh, supplemented my university income by doing stand-up at the local, I don't know if they have them anymore, but they used to be these like beer kellers called Hofbrau House. This was in the centre of Leeds. So it was a Sunday afternoon crowd and I used to go and do a 10-minute stint there. And they weren't the cleanest of jokes, I have to tell you. <laughs> I'm not surprised that you did stand up though, Tim, because that is some of the feedback that we've received from our listeners that you're the funny one. You're hilarious. Mr. Funny. You didn't answer the question though. So which of the jokes from us, the population of funny psychologists, did you like the most? I've got a favorite. Go on then, Angela, while Tim's checking his out. What is the main difference between a sorcerer and an experimental psychologist? I don't know. The sorcerer takes rabbits out of hats. And the psychologist takes habits out of rats. 
That is very Clever good. Clever bit of wordplay. Okay, I like the one from George Caceres. I went to see a psychologist the other day and shared all my fears, worries, insecurities and obsessions. He wrote it all down without saying a word and then finally said, you're as mad as a box of frogs. Indignantly, I tell him, I'm most certainly not and I want a second opinion. Very well, he said, you're also very ugly. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> I laughed out loud when I read that one. I loved it. I have another one which was very funny. This was from Catherine Evans and her joke was, my therapist tells me I'm obsessed with vengeance. We'll see about that. <laughs> that really made me laugh. <laughs> There's another one that George Caceres has put up that I think is quite funny. Why can't you hear a psychologist in a loo or at a urinal? Because the pee is silent. <laughs> it's very clever. It's cute. Okay, I'll tell my last next one before Tim jumps in, which is from Lisa Baker from Elseg. Why did Wally start psychotherapy? Oh, I don't know. He wanted to find himself. <laughs> he wanted to find himself. <laughs> yeah, that's good. See, we psychologists can be funny. Tim, what's your favourite? Two psychotherapists walking along the hallway, past each other. First one says to the one, hello. Second one stares back a bit nervously. Half nods his head when he's out of earshot and like turns to his friend and says, God, I wonder what that was all about. <laughs> that is really good. Thank you very much for that contribution. I love how much energy that's created, actually, with all of the different psychologists. So many people, 67 people commenting and responding it with jokes. It's brilliant. Let's hope they keep coming, especially during this Christmas period. Yeah, I mean, hey, as posts go, it's definitely one of the more popular ones that we had. And the funniest. Definitely the funniest. Oh, well, I just wanted to take this opportunity with this podcast just to say thank you to everybody who's listened. Thank you to everybody who's rated us and given us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify and Audible and all the other places that you can rate us. And for all of the private messages and DMs that we've got, we've had so many encouraging notes from people saying please carry on please continue sharing and it's just been super cool it's been literally the highlight of my year and it's given me a complete excuse to be the professor type from our team questionnaire and to go into the research and Angela you and I have prepared for the mentoring podcast this week and again we just love doing the research with Attila didn't we just learning more and more about every topic that we post so thank you everyone for listening and making it worthwhile well, we have had quite a bit of help, though, haven't we? We've had various people marketing it. We had Jane and obviously Angela and lots of people helping us prepare for these things. Yeah, It's all right me coming along and sounding like I know what I'm talking about. But most of the time, all the hard work has already been done. I'm just, I just get to say things. It's definitely a whole of team effort. Yeah, it's truly a team effort, isn't it? Because we've had Helen, Caitlin, Attila and Monica have all done quite a lot of the prep before each of the podcasts. We've got us three up front we've got Robert after the fact doing the editing and then yourself Angela and Jane doing the marketing so a true team effort and what I love is even Sairi my PA listens to every single one avidly on the way to work and always gives me a bit of a rundown of what she's learned and what she appreciated and in fact she said that when we've had a couple of topics that have been a bit off track she's found them a bit harder to listen to because she's really appreciated learning about what we do having worked with us for seven years she now loves learning about all the science and the psychology that she helps me support. And it's amazing because right from the beginning, it's been very useful. I, I remember, I think it was the burnout episode and 
you asked earlier, what was my memorable takeaway for me? And I think maybe that's the episode that for me, I personally got a lot of benefit from. And I still use some of those tips today when I feel that I need to calm myself or manipulate my brain. Yeah, I still do the physiological side and the panorama. I feel like a real psychologist doing this podcast. It's a bit cheeky calling myself the chief psychology officer. You are a real psychologist. (laughs) I know. 30 years in, but it is something to call yourself the chief psychology officer. And doing all the research for each of these podcasts has made me feel like I am a proper grown up one. You are the CPO, aren't you? I just wish somehow we could have got the number three in there and then you could have been C3PO. (laughs) (laughs) Tim, ever the geek. Oh, well, thank you to everybody. Thank you to our team who have made this possible. Thank you, Tim, for being the funny one. Thank you, Angela, for having the most amazing voice that everybody loves. And You're very it's welcome. been <laughs> it's been a delight. I've loved it. And I can't wait for season two next year. We've got a whole packed agenda. We've already recorded quite a few and we hope to bring really amazing facts and fun podcasts that are really applicable for our clients and for friends and family. I mean, I, I definitely think uh, Angela's voice would be great for any late night podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of people tell me I have a voice for radio. As long as I don't have a face for radio too, it's okay. <laughs> and so I guess all that's left now is for me to wish you a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah. For everyone out there, whether you celebrate Christmas or not, we hope you have a wonderful, relaxing holiday season and a fantastic start to the new year. 